I'm Lou Conran. And I am Sally Ann Hayward. We're a pair of comedians who've been known to enjoy an alcoholic beverage or ten over the years, sometimes separately, sometimes together. But it's occurred to us that we know nothing about the drinks that we love to quaff, and that unbelievably, there will be some types of liquor out there that we are not acquainted with. And as we hate missing out, we thought we'd invite some celebrity pals to recommend their go-to tipple and drink along with us while we make them dish the most embarrassing booze-related tales. And then we give our honest verdict if we are going to spit or swallow. So if it's gross, we drank it so you don't have to. And it's definitely not just an excuse to open up the drinks cabinet on a Monday night. Heaven forbid. Sally, I loved our recording with Stuart Lee. I was very nervous. I did um, message you beforehand because he's really clever. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I talk about my fanny. Well, I had pre-warned him. About, oh, right. Um, about, okay. you know, your subject matter and choice of um, yeah. subject content. Yeah. But he yeah. said, do you Doesn't know matter. All my years in stand-up, I've really wanted to know about Louise Conran's fanny. So I've ordered some whiskey and some cheese yeah. and some crackers. Oh, that whiskey. Oh. I wasn't a whiskey drinker before that, but oh my word, it was smoky. It was delicious. It was quite a quiet recording for us, wasn't it, Sally? It was. I, We've I felt quiet. like, yeah, I felt like we were like in a smoky bar, just softly talking. Yeah. And you drink whiskey from now on, don't you? Yes, I have that's it injected into my eyeballs. That's why you're doing this recording from a bus stop. Watched <laughs> your home. <laughs> oh, let's listen to Stuart Lee. So great. So, Lou, shall we introduce this podcast in our professional way? Um, you can do if you want to. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be professional, Sally, because it never has been to this point no it hasn't has it but what i'm doing is just pressing a button oh so we've got a fantastic guest i don't know if you've ever met this guest lou have you I've never met the one and only Stuart Lee, Sally. Well, no, I haven't. Now is Hello, the time. Stuart Lee. Hello, Stuart Lee. I've met you now. Where are you both, anyway? Where are you? You're not I'm... inside my computer. Where are you? No, no, I'm in the Staffordshire area in my dining room. Thank where you. in Staffordshire? Oh no, don't say in case you've got stalkers. And where? I and have where, got and... a stalker. Yeah, you don't want to know where you are then. No. And what? And where are you then, Sally? I'm in Bristol in my living. Oh yeah, room. I know you're in Bristol. Yes. Yeah, she right. would like stalkers. Yes. She goes running, uh, puts herself at risk to try and get stalkers, but nobody's taken the bite yet, have they? I was missing gigging and the adrenaline spike. So what I did is I started running at night time just to give me that sort of moment of um No, I know exactly what you mean. In the first lockdown, I live in northeast London and I regularly walked about one in the morning, three or four miles to sort of Bethnal Green or Bow along the canal and back again. And I I wouldn't do that now, but at the time, I don't know if you remember, about a year ago, there was a kind of mad sort of party atmosphere and then all these people that lived in houseboats were sort of sitting on the roofs kind of drinking and they'd wave at you and because it felt like the end or yeah. something mm. and, and there was there was a really friendly atmosphere And I, but I would never normally walk along that stretch of London Canal at that time of night. But also, I was probably going through what both of you have gone through, which is I know you're both working comics and I do hundreds of gigs a year and you're used to between about eight and one in the morning, being in a state of adrenalised panic, basically. Yeah. And and, so, and I'm sure we've all had kind of withdrawal symptoms from that, mm. which we've not really understood. And so, yeah, I, would, I was kind of, would suddenly get incredibly restless and feel like I had to just 
walk for yeah. miles or, did or it, do something. You know. Did it make you want to buy a boat? So that it you didn't make me want to buy a boat, but oh. I mean, like every everyone, I've sort of thought my life's all wrong, and why have I got all mm. these things, and what am I going to do? And I need to change everything. I just, what I really need to do is to do a gig. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love the way that you said we would be in an adrenaline sort of state, where actually now just take the word adrenaline out of that, and we yeah. quite frequently every night are just in a state. Oh, in a state, yeah. Well, yeah. it's yeah. funny you talk about this. Your drinking podcast because yeah. obviously. What we, I don't know about you, I'm older than you, but certainly when I started on the circuit in the late 80s, early 90s, it was a real culture of drinking. It went hand in hand with it. And then these people came along, like Daniel it. Kitson and and, uh, and Ross Noble, who were really brilliant and weren't drunk. Yeah. And um, people thought there might be something in it. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I always have a drink after a show. I find it really hard not to. Is it so, is it because, the drink of choice that you that we're going to drink now that you drink after a show? No, because you can't you couldn't find it normally. Ah, would yeah. you like to tell the listener what what it is that you're drinking with us this evening? Okay, well, what I what I said I would have my my favourite alcohol is this Highland Park whiskey. Mm. It's distilled in Orkney. I only said brewed in Orkney, which shows how rubbish I am. A, I'm so glad you're rubbish because I was really worried that you were going to yeah. really know what you were talking about. I don't know what I'm talking about. They get it, they mix it up there. They do summit with it. They front it. Put it in yeah. a thing. Yeah. And I went to Orkney about 25 years ago because I wanted to see all the archaeology. And I never was really into whiskey. And I went round the distillery on a tour and I bought some of this stuff. And I thought, oh, God. It's amazing. And then I thought I liked whiskey, but it's yeah. taken me a quarter of a century of trying to like whiskey to realise that actually I only really like Highland Park. Um, well, so I'm not done, one of these people. You've done a lot of research though, haven't you, Stuart? I've done my so, best. Yeah. You can see it's written into my face. And you've been determined or she's opening it. I've got, I a, am because I've got, I diff- am. I've got different glasses to like to decide. I've got some beakers from Glastonbury Festival. I've got Ooh. a tin mug. And I've got glass. I don't know what vessel to drink whiskey from, really. And I also have a question um, yeah. because I don't, I'm not a drink, whiskey drinker, but um, what's he says? Mike Baldwin on Coronation Street always used to have a whiskey. RIP. RIP, but with ice in it. And I didn't know whether to go mm. bareback or with ice. I've brought well, ice as well. Um, a whiskey purist going on yeah. a tour of Highland distilleries We're would in be his offended company. by the idea of ice. Right, right. Well, I won't have any then. But. I am going to have some. Oh shit! So am I yeah, the I'm only gonna, one going back? I'm going to. I'm going to have it in a Highland Park souvenir oh, glass. Look though. at that! Right. And I never know how much to pour because I'm quite my portion control. I don't have. You don't any, have any, so, do you? Well, no, I don't. No. Just have a little bit. <laughs> is that too much? <laughs> it's a lot. But oh, is that know. a lot? Okay. Yeah. Oh. Well, I, I can't know. pour it back now. No, I do love the smell. I'll give it that. Whiskey was one of the first sort of alcoholic drinks I drank. And but I used to quite I used to have it with ginger whiskey and ginger, ginger. in a pub when I was really young yeah. and I went off it quite quickly but I do but that wouldn't have been a single malt like this would it, it would oh, be a no. blended it would have been a bells upside down adulterate yeah so right. a single malt what what is a I don't understand it's whiskey okay well I that don't... means it's just been made from one you know grain oh. um, whereas the the distilled ones are a mixture of different ones from different distilleries oh, so it really is an expert. you know the, this is um. Again, a whiskey purist, which I'm not, would say you have to have single malts and everything else is rubbish. I I was just given a bottle of um, not single malt and it uh, it was called called, uh, 
100 pipers oh. um, blended whiskey. And you can really, you can't trust that at all, can you? Oh. It sounds really like they're trying to get tourists to buy it. But um, oh, of course, yeah. I was thinking 100 pipes. I couldn't get my head around that. Do you know, you could yeah. easily bullshit us, Stu, because you could just have told us that. And without the bit, the intercept, in, the little bits you said about, look, I'm not a purist. If you yeah. just said it with confidence, I'd have been, I yeah. probably would have been quite intimidated by your knowledge. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I don't really know what I'm talking about. I thought, and I was hoping somebody else, I'd given this as a thing about No, alcohol, don't be silly. It's just an excuse might... to drink. Oh, my God. Is it, is it okay? Um, so or should we? what do we do? Do we all try it and then sort well, of... Well, yeah, we we've got, we've got, but you did mention to have a chaser, didn't you, as yeah. well? Yeah. So I've gone, I've gone I'm just for... desperate to drink it. Yeah, Sorry, you are. You can't stop yourself. Go and have a sip anyway, Lou. You're allowed. I'm going to have a sip as well. Let's have a go on this. Oh, oh fuck me. <sighs> oh. <laughs> For those of you listening at home, Lou's now acting as if her face is on fire. And she's trying to. How much did you have, Lou? Oh, well, I had a a drink. Fucking hell. Okay, all right, but does it. What does it feel like? It it feels really hot. And my. That bit there, what's that? My chesticles. Your sternum. Yeah. Thank you. Is really on fire right now. Yeah, okay, well, well, that is is the great thing about it. You, You imagine, right? Living in this freezing, windswept, rainy, cold yeah. island. Yeah. And you've got a name, you know what an Orkney chair is? An Orkney chair is a special chair carved in wood. And it has two drawers in the bottom of it. In the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. One drawer is for the Bible, and the other drawer is for the bottle of whiskey. <gasps> and that sums up the life of the 19th century Orkney fisherman, farmer, whatever. He would sit with his Bible in one hand and his whiskey in the other, and he drinks it at night and he's warmed through. Oh, and um, yeah. it's, but it's got an edge to it, hasn't it, where it feels like. It's more than just alcohol. It feels like you're having some kind of profound experience. I, and that's yeah. the dangerous thing about it. Because when I sit alone at night drinking it, I don't feel like some sad loser on his own drinking. I feel like someone having some kind of profound feeling because it does, does, does it, you know, it does it. I'm going to go and have another go. I'm so right. sorry. I wasn't quite sure the first time. That chair you talk of, that's interesting. It immediately made me think of Jimmy Savile. Because he he had Jim- chairs with things in, didn't he? Holes in in the arms. I wonder if he got. I wonder if he, the design was from that. Yeah, Jimmy Savile didn't have an Orkney chair. No, really. <laughs> he may have had holes in the arms for other things, Sally. Yeah. but maybe not for that. And design. when you were talking about the chair, I was thinking if I was really cold in Scotland on a chair made out of a tree or whatever with drawers in it, one with a Bible and one with whiskey, I'd think, God, if I had a lighter. I'd be ever so warm because I'd just set it all on fire and drink my whiskey. Yeah. Is that is it sacrilege to well, burn, they burn the Bible? The, the, no, you can't. They burn peat. Peat burns better than the Bible. Peat is oh. dried out soil that you dig up. And, oh. uh, and, and this is probably, again, if we were whiskey experts, we'd probably say, mm, this has a peaty, peaty taste. Peaty taste, yeah. That's just something you oh, can I'm say. I'm just going to have another go then. I, I'm going to be fucking up. It's a sort of gig after this. Is this. Have you? It's a sort of, um, I will ask you what your gig is in a minute, Lou, don't worry, but it, no, don't I've already it, forgotten, so. my menopause has kicked and I've forgotten the question I was going to ask. Well, that was a waste, wasn't it? No. Um, oh, it's gonna, oh, you were describing the life of the man with the Bible and the whiskey on his chair. Oh, It's a sort of life you kind of, I, I could do, I think, sit up, yeah. you know, like just, I suppose go off grid in a way, isn't it? All right, is that since lockdown well, you've thought that? Yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah. Just this, yeah, I mean, I think in reality... If it happened, I'd probably be itching and you know to do things and everything and not enjoy it. But in my head, I think oh, I can see myself. I yeah, can in my head, I see myself doing that. In fact, in Orkney, I saw um, there was a church for sale in a, a little village called Twat T W A T T. 
and it was about 50 grand. And I, last time I was there, I had this fantasy of buying it and living in it and, and, and opening a museum there Lovely. called the Twat Museum of Twats. <laughs> oh. And the church would be full of people that picture people I didn't like, right? And then I thought I could sit there <laughs> drinking whiskey and sort of sneering at all these images. Beautiful. But, and I thought it's quite a commitment, isn't it? Running yeah. a museum and a place yeah. like no yeah. one really goes to. It's more than just sitting in there, isn't yeah. it? And drinking whiskey. It's and actually, there's a business well. business model mm. you've got to think of. What do you think of it, Sally? I'm, I'm, Who's done her best to describe it? I really yeah. have. I've put some effort in. <laughs> I actually quite like it. Yeah, I do. Mm. Do you think that's age? Because when I was younger, <sighs> I used to hate like anything like this. Yeah. But now I'm getting old. And I'm like, ooh. Yeah. My granddad would make me smell whiskey to sort of freak me out. I hated it so much. But yeah, I mean, actually, just two mouthfuls and I feel oh. like it's going to be a fantastic <laughs> night, whatever happens now. <laughs> I'm going to have oh, the, the chaser. chaser that I've got. You mm. said Guinness or something. I've got Guinness yeah. with me because right. I've really committed to this, but I've got Guinness. But I, I'm quite into this at the moment, which is right. a Titanic Brewery Plum Porter. Oh, is, that, is that from Belfast? No, it's from St- it's Staffordshire Brewery, oh, right. Titanic right. Brewery. Right. You'd think the connection, but no, yeah, Stu. Uh, but no, this is plums and raisins and fruity shit. Right. Oh. That's, a, that's a bit of a weird combination. I'm interested to see it's how It's delicious. That... Yeah, but to go with the whiskey, look at me pretending oh. I know what I'm... Look at me, I'm joining what have you in. you got, Sally? Oh, I've got a Bath Ale. That's perfect. Oh. And that oh, is a lovely ale. Thing, then? Yeah. No. no. But that is, that is a lovely... That's a Bristol and beer. Well, there's West Country and it's yeah. lovely beer. That is a bath ale. Yeah, I'm going to have a go on this. So I have the have a sip of that and then I have a sip of this, or do I just drink just do, it? You could do that or whatever you like. I don't know. But Jay Rayner would know. I don't know. Oh, well, he would, wouldn't yeah. he? What have yeah. you got there? Have you got the Guinness? Okay, I've got um, something from the Orkney Brewery, mm. which is their blonde ale, which Ooh. is called Northern Light. Oh, so. Are you- Oh, this is lovely. Now, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. So, if you were to go to a pub, Joe, and you were going to order yourself a whiskey Ooh. and a chaser, you just have them both together and just drink liberally as as you yeah, feel. Would, yeah. There's no rules to this. Yeah, I would, but you know, and you know what? That's that was always one of the nice things about touring is you could get you could get to the pub at half ten and get whatever town you're in, like get the bar ale and uh, and a whiskey there. But then I started to write shows that were so long. That I could mm. never get out to the pub in time at the end. And yeah. also, as I started to get recognised, you couldn't just go in the pub anyway. In fact, the last time I was really in a pub next to theatre after the gig was in Canterbury. And I was sitting there on my own trying to have my shepherd neem beer and a whiskey. And all these guy kept coming up to me and saying, could he have a photo? And I didn't want him to because I didn't want everyone to stare at me. Mm. And in the end, I physically threw him out of the pub myself. <laughs> And then I thought, you can't be doing that, really. So, <laughs> but you know what? If you can't just sit on your own, no, you can't just sit on your own drinking. What's the point? I suppose you've What's got to find pubs. You've got to find yeah. pubs that aren't next to the theatre you're performing at. I mean, that. No, would... but then you've got to get got to get there. And I do, I do three and a half hour long self indulgent. I can't finish in time. <laughs> I wish I had a tight fifteen. You're like, like yeah. you're like the 2021's Ken Dodd. Aren't you? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, um, have you ever seen Escape to the Chateau, one of my favourite yeah. programmes? I love yeah. that because I dream of, like you, buying a church and doing it up or buying a castle. But they have the Van de Van, which is their uh, van, which is just a booze truck. Could you not just do that? Fill it with all the booze you want and then go and park up by the venue and then after well, the gig, you've got something there. I'll tell you what, I've, what I've, I've missed, right? Travelling around doing gigs, and I've realised I've missed that almost more than the gigs. 
I think if I didn't have family responsibilities, I'd get James Hengley, who I tour with, he does all my merch and tech and driving, and just get in a van and just drive around with him for a year, Definitely. having a drink at about half past 10 every night. <laughs> and it just feels, that's the rhythm I'm in. And I miss the, don't you miss the road and going places? Oh, yeah. Can I just ask, yeah. how big is your glass of whiskey? My glass is the right size. You're basically having it out of the equivalent of a KFC bucket. Oh, size of um, right, you know, and how big are your hands? Look. That's a weird question. My hands of that's like a thimble. That is like oh. a thimble, and I can't. Well, I'll tell you what. It's it, He's my got glass. A ruler. He's got a is, child's ruler. Is eight inches oh. high. Right. Well, mine. Yours, and it's and it's three. Yeah. It's eight centimeters high and three centimeters wide. And mine's I'm, half a pint. So. Yeah. <laughs> So. Yeah. I didn't put any ice in. I might. I forgot. I'm going to try it with ice now. I don't know. Whether, you, um, actually, I don't know whether to or not now. I feel like I might be ruining Stu, it. Do you always keep your uh, drinky poos for after the gig, or do, have you done uh, been drunk on stage when you've? Um, in the nineties. I love the nineties. I love the nineties. It's my my favorite. I went decade. through a phase of drinking before gigs, and I would not never do it now. But actually, a lot of things that people think are what I do. I only discovered because I was drunk enough to do something incredibly self-indulgent and provocative that I wouldn't have done had oh. I, um, yeah. And tragically, one or two routines that people like from the last 20 years happened at sort of two in the morning under right. similar circumstances. And when I'm running in a new two-hour show, the, fir- the for the first week or so of tryouts, I'll have a half a bottle of wine before I go on because that means that it doesn't sound written it starts to sound like you're remembering it because I am and that then that gives it the flavor of conversation but I but normally I would never do it I think it's I just can't do it and I I can't pace myself and you know what, what about you two would you would you before you know I don't know I did once in as an open spot and you know, um, but generally not. But I, I quite like that idea of doing it when you're doing new material. I mean, I think that's that's. Well, it's sort of like you're collaborating with someone. You're collaborating. You've written it, but this drunk bloke's doing it. Yeah, and it's quite interesting seeing what he does with it. <laughs> I, I can't be. I can't. I'm not responsible enough drinker, Stu. As you can see, she'll get her tits out. You would do it. We have you? done. Yeah, I have already. Got the girls you... out, and that's horrific. That's horrific. Nobody needs to see that. Although I did get a review once that said. Great areoli. And that's not what you want from a comedy gig, is it? Because the Guardian. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like that was not no, so I don't drink uh when I'm when I'm working. Have you got some fun drunk stories? We'd love to find out about just general drunks. Like or maybe the first time you got properly drunk. The first time I got properly drunk was probably I was about fifteen and I'd right. gone to a party and for some reason we used to be allowed to drink cider. In the eighties, as were teenagers, that was it was not considered an alcohol, but it was is that isn't Thunderbird it? or whatever it was. What, what, no, just cider, yeah. just cider. And, and I'd go to Devon with my dad, whose um, parents lived there, and I used to get these. You know, at the end of the farm track, hmm. there'd be just plastic bottles full yeah. of scrumpy, yeah. and it would say "put a pound in the tin" or something, and God knows what it was. And I'd get that. So I think I took a load of that to a party, and I remember. And I was just went home and I was really sick everywhere and drunk and my mum had to sort me out. And she said, were you drunk last night? And I said, no, why? And she said, because you came into my room, you got your tool out, she said. (laughs) And you tried to point it into the tea's made to piss in it. (laughs) And I said, you need to go in the bathroom and you did. (gasps) 
Oh, oh the cheese made as well. Why haven't we still got cheese maids? I'm so getting one. That's that's what you take I know, away from I was that, thinking it? that. Yeah. <laughs> You've got his knob out to piss in the teas made. But and I'm thinking, I could have a teas made. Yeah, Imagine John that. Lewis do them. I've, I've been looking them up anyway. I'll be honest, I, I, my I kitchen's not that far from my bar, from yeah. my bedroom either. I could just get up no. and make a cup of tea. But yeah. I like the, the idea of that. The confidence that you had to try and aim and try and get it, get it in the teas made. Teas made. Well, on some level, everything was, you know, Oh, yeah. you had to go in something. What I, mean, I bet you've told these every week, but what's your what are your first I was drunk anecdotes? Oh God! I, my first abs. Well, I think I must have told this was with the when I was in Wales somewhere with an ex boyfriend and his family, and I had a whiskey and ginger, um, half a lager, and a Bailey's in a little row, and that's the last thing I remember. And then I came okay. to being showered down because I'd obviously puked up all over myself, and then the next day I felt like shit. Um, but that's but that's that wasn't a fun drunk story. For you know, I love getting drunk. I'll be honest with you. I just, I, I it's nothing I like more than getting hammered. I, we're not hammered really, just drinking and having fun. I love it, I, yeah. and I've always been prone to it. And I'll be the person that um, will be at the not necessarily at the party at the end of the night, but I'll be the one that's ruining my career because I I like to go. <laughs> okay, I love that, to get that, drunk. You know, that's the problem though. See, I I really like I like pubs. And I like being with a couple of people in a pub and having a whiskey in some butty back or something if we're in Wales or whatever. But in, but under lockdown, I mean, and occasionally before the last few years, if I drink too much, I just sort of, I just feel something terrible will happen, you know. And and it's and it really a few years ago, it, I, I used to like going out in Edinburgh, you know, and hanging around, drinking in nice places. And after I went on the telly again 10, 15 years ago, you have to realise after a bit you just can't because um, you can't control the situation and stuff happens to you and people know you are and you have to be on your guard all the time. I mean, I really like folk music and I like going to like places like the Captain's, Captain's Locker in Edinburgh where there'd be the folk music. And even that even that crowd that end up being people that, that knew me and it would just get weird and I just feel the last thing you want when you're trying to be just a sort of in a slightly psychoactive state from having nice scotch whiskey is to suddenly have to become in sort of presidential mode to deal with someone who likes you or hates you for whatever reason you have to have a conversation it really about stresses it. me out now. Oh, yeah Sally, I just can't well, I just can't do it we're going and, um, the right way about never becoming famous and yeah. so that we never have to continue put up with to that. drink yeah I can't Look, wait other exactly. than that you know the, it's been good but it's just <laughs> you have to think you can't really you can't really just be anywhere without worrying you could have go you ever to gone out in, in disguise have you ever, yeah have you the most brilliant thing happened right about 10 years ago, I did this act for about three months called Bacon Face. Mm. Right? <laughs> the days it went best, because Bacon Face was supposed to be a Canadian stand-up like Craig Campbell or someone, <laughs> but he wore a mask with all bacon stuck on it. Brilliant. And I learned loads of Lady facts Gaga. about this one town in Canada called Chilliwack, right? And he said he was from there. And he did all stuff about bears. And basically, because I'm sort of a PC liberal sort of bloke, I wanted to see what it would be like to do fucking bitches kind of stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> fucking suck my dick, bitch kind of stuff. And um, and it's really easy, basically. <laughs> but, but you have to, I can't do it as me. So I did put all bacon on my face and wore Canadian clothes that they wear. And um, and it was, but the best days were when Canadians came Oh. Thinking, oh, there's some kind of Canadian guy on. Let's go and see him. And then they knew the accent wasn't quite right, but they couldn't work out how I knew so much about 
all the you know, places. <laughs> then after about two weeks, it got out that it was me, so it wasn't fun oh. anymore because there were sort of people coming going, let's see what Lee is doing to the form of stand-up this show, <laughs> where he is deciding oh, to pretend to be no. Canadian. And But the but the freedom of not yeah, knowing. Not, anyway, then one night someone said to me, will you come and do a bacon face at the um, Malcolm Hardy Awards, which were in a pub on the other side of town from the stand, right? Uh, so I just thought, well, I'll just go across town, you know, as this guy. So I walked across town at night with this hockey mask on with bacon stock all over it, a t-shirt of Rush, the Canadian progressive rock band, and shorts and whatever. And then, um, because actually no one cares in Edinburgh. They go, a bloke's just gone by with actual yeah. bacon stock <laughs> over his face. By seagulls. No one really stops you. So I got to the pub there and I was early and I went in the bar and, um, this guy, a Canadian bloke started talking to me and, oh, so you, you like uh, Rush then? And I thought, well, I'll just go with this. So I went, oh, you know, the early stuff or whatever. And then I, he didn't know who I was. And it also, it being Edinburgh, he didn't really think it was weird that I had bacon all over me. And I had a really nice half hour just talking to this guy um, about Rush, uh, which I didn't really know that much about, pretending to be Canadian. And weirdly, that was just when Comedy Vehicle was quite big. That was probably the most normal night I had out in Edinburgh. <laughs> was disguised as a bacon-covered comedian just talking to this man because it was really straightforward sort of thing. So, you know, that it was nice, that. But so, yeah, I have. I did go out in disguise. Great. But, uh, I love that. But I, I'm not, I don't want to say, like, I'm not like Michael Mackey. I mean, no one, most people don't know I am, but if you're in Edinburgh. You're people know like everyone is. It's weird, the, isn't it? The comedian's version of Lady Diana, aren't you? Because she used to go out in a wig and have a great did night. She? So, did you know. She? Tonight you've discovered your Ken Dodd and Diana. Well, yeah, and um, Roman Holiday with Audrey Hepburn. Oh, that's like that as well. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Did you go up advanced to anything else? Was there a spirit of choice before the whiskey that you liked? Was well, it no, well, whiskey? Yeah. Took I went to um, years, so. oh, yeah. I went to university in 1986 mm-hmm. when the pub still shut at half past ten. Yeah, and I met a man called Steve who yeah. was 18 but looked like a 50-something boarding school history teacher, which he is now. And he was a great bloke. And he really knew how to drink, by which I mean not drinking like a lad. He drank like a nice old man. (gasps) Pace himself steadily all night, have a couple of chases at the end of the night. I love people He knew within a month of being in Oxford where I was a student, he knew which pubs locals went to and he knew which would have lock-ins. He also, despite being 18, because he had something of it about him, he wore like old ton of jackets and had a little moustache and he was from Liverpool. He seemed sort of approachable. He kind of knew the names of barmen and he right. did that kind of thing that old men do. go, a pint of the, uh, that reg and they go, well, of course. And So he sort of was the person that I aspired to as a, as a drinker. And he was reminding me of my dad a bit as well. He was the same kind of bloke. Well, my dad was the wrong side of that right. in as much as he had to know all the barmen's names because he... He needed an excuse to be in the pub from 4.30. And, and the way that those functional alcoholics do that is by pretending that they're sort of hanging out with their friends, oh, yeah. the oh, barman. Well, it's, like bus- it's like business meetings, isn't it? It's like, I've yeah. got to be there at 4.30 because we've got to be discussing yeah. whatever it is, the yeah. town, something about the town and the roads and the... I'm going to have another... I've oh, got yeah. my cheese because you were going to um, 
send us some cheese and oat cakes, weren't you? And I and, and I'm really sorry about that. I got overexcited. I thought oh, I'll send worry. them cheese and oat cakes. And of course, you've been ever so busy because it's a lockdown, so you didn't, so you yeah. couldn't, could you? Because it's yeah. been a lockdown. But um, I, I bought, I googled close to Orkney cheese as I could, and I went to some farm shop close to here, and I said to the Did you? yeah, to, and I said apparently this cheese is a little bit like Orkney cheddar, and she went, is it? <laughs> and I yeah. went, well, she went, where did you read that? And I said, oh, I just saw it on a website. And then she made me, she said, you can try some if you want. And then she went, that one's a bit chewy, isn't it? And I went, oh, I quite like it. So I've got some. Anyway, I got some of the West <laughs> yeah. Country chewy cheddar. I, I've got um, Lancaster Bomber. Oh, right. And I've got Staffordshire Smoked. <laughs> and I've also bomber. got some port scratchings in front of me, but I know Amanda, our producer, will fucking hate me if I start chomping them. No, I don't mind it. My, my dad used to eat port scratchings. Oh, he used to about three packets of port scratchings every day. Really? He was obsessed with them. Yeah. Oh my god! I, I went love to, them. When, I, when I was on tour with I was on tour with Henning Venny, who was opening for me before he became hugely famous. And we went to um, Barnes. Uh, where, where's that social club? Mechanicals? Is it Barn Barnsley or? Anyway, we went to a northern town where the only place you can get a drink after show is the old working men's club. And uh, two things about it: one, there's still a line drawn across the floor which women were not allowed to go beyond. <gasps> Beyond Shut that up. line was the men's area. The other thing is they, they sell a uh, kind of tonic wine from a French monastery where the local regiment was stationed in World War One. that's still popular there. At the end of the night, everyone has a tipple. And also they have their own port scratchings they make. But there's a warning sign on the bar that they're not responsible if your teeth break. Yeah. And Henning, <laughs> who in the early days, Henning Venn, was a joy to tour with because he he made touring not boring because for, to him he was in a ludicrous foreign country <laughs> full of hilarious customs. And so he made it such fun and I really enjoyed being on the road. And and he, he thought it was so brilliant. There was a snack food with a warning in the in the, in the Northern Working Men's Club that we just ate it all night. I think he wanted to harm himself yeah. and see what the logical endpoint was. You've got to, though, with Port Scratchings. They're a challenge. I was drinking yeah. in a pub in Brighton. We were just mashed and she was like, I'm gonna have um, uh, like her fourth packet of port scratchings and it was like a big and she bit into it and I saw her teeth go one went that way <laughs> and one went the other and yeah, yeah. I I mean I have no empathy Stu so I was yeah. pissing myself and I I that for me that's the perfect port scratching isn't it yeah, because yeah, that's the it's that's achieved it has yeah. achieved and I was so smug because yeah. it wasn't me can you eat can, no, you've made me really want one but I haven't got any so can you eat that and can we hear it uh, Amanda I apologise Apologise in advance, but I'm doing this because it's Stu. Here we go. That's a great thing. That'll be a great I love thing it when it's got hairs it. coming out. No, well. I don't like the hairs. I'd pull them out. I really, they, yeah, no. If anyone's listening to this in a foreign country, what Lou is eating is a British sort of form Delicacy. of British tapas. Which is a um, <laughs> <laughs> it's the fried skin of a pig, fried hard. To that the one's point got where fat in the middle as well. Got fat in the middle. It mm. might have hairs on it, and it's fried to the point where it's almost certainly dangerous and heart attack inducing. And yeah. that is the most the finest snack food we have in this country. You know, in, if you're listening in Spain and you're used to being handed a little dish of olives or something, this is what we have. Here. Yeah, very <laughs> lovely. Can... Sally bought me um, an advent calendar report scratching. I did. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they were lovely. Some of them weren't they? All different flavours, oh. like a balsamic scratch. I mean, it was getting a bit wanky, wasn't it? It wasn't just the, the run of the mill scratching, but I mean yeah. you had you had a lovely time, didn't you? I had a lovely time, but mm. do you know what? I like my port scratchings from the butcher down the road. Mm. He makes them himself. 
Thank you very much. I know what I'm getting there. These ones are from... They're, anyway, these are processed, so I'll probably be whizzing my tits off soon after You know these. what, I've turned from... I, I feel sad now because I feel like I was really enjoying this and now I feel you want it's some. made me miss a night out where people are eating pork mm. scratchings and I feel... Oh. It's all right. I, I mean, used to I love, mind. back in the day, uh, going for a pint with my dad on a Sunday afternoon to the, to the Working Man's Club, having a packet of port scratchings and sniffing everybody's fags. That was, oh, yeah. for me, the perfect I can still Sunday. do that. I can still like walk down the street and go and take someone else's cigarette from, you know, as they light it, I go, so I don't smoke anymore, but I just, I'll inhale that sort of that, that mm. first light. Oh, I love it. Love it. Yeah. I bought an ashtray. I'm getting my garden done. That's the first thing I bought. Okay. Fuck the decking and everything. I you don't smoke, I don't but you smoke. bought an ashtray. No, Why not? I'm get an ashtray. Oh, I mean, on the Let's circuit talk too much. about your film, Stu. Yes. Yeah, that's what we, that's that's what we want to talk film. about. I, and can I just say, I've seen it and I love it. I, I, I think oh. it's fantastic. And I didn't know of Rob Lloyd. No you tell us. Well, when I was a teenager and when Michael Cumming, the director of the film who made Brass Eye and Toast was a teenager, we both independently of each other liked a post-punk band from Birmingham in the 80s called The Nightingales. And we both still go and see them. And I've sort of got to know them because uh, I opened for them for a bit as well because um, they used to have comedians opening for them when I was young. And that was one of the things that got me in stand-up. Rob, the singer, said, do you think there should be a documentary about The Nightingales? It could be a sort of joke film about how unlucky we are. And I went, no, let's make a proper one. And it took about 10 years mm. to get everyone in place because I had to find people that, like them enough to work on it for nothing because obviously you're not going to get funded to make a film about this group no one's heard of. Yeah. And um, we finished it just before lockdown and the idea was that we were going to tour it around art cinemas mm. and uh, that never happened because they've all been shut. And then most places we tried to punt it to didn't really get it, but Sky Arts went for it. It went on Sky Arts. It's called King Rocker. It's still hanging about on Now TV. Uh, it's had really good reviews. People have said it's it's the gold new gold standard of rockumentaries. So and, um, it's a funny film about a man you've never heard of who kept doing what he wanted for forty five years and still is. And loads of it takes place in pubs and Indian restaurants yeah, and the back rooms of pubs where there's live music happening or wandering about in the countryside. All the sort of things you can't do now, which I think is partly what um, endeared it to people. And it's also conversations, funny conversations between friends. And what I like about it is it's not like panel show humour where someone's trying to win. It's people setting each other up to be funny. And um, mm. so it's just come out as a really nice thing. And I'm not saying that's down to me. but um, Oh, it's great. And I love that Fuzzbox were there. Yeah, do you remember that? Yeah, and the girls yeah. were there. And then they were, they were great. I mean, I've never heard them speak apart from doing I'm a Fuzzbox oh. and I'm gonna, I've got a Fuzzbox, so I'm going to use it. But they were so funny. They were so funny and so nice. And so, and, and everyone in it that remembered Rob or had known him in, in the old days seemed to um, want to talk in a really positive way about him, which right. was nice because I'm not a journalist and I wasn't interested in making some film where you expose some horrible truth about yeah. someone. It was nice to make a film where it's just a succession of people saying how much they'd enjoyed working with him, but he was mad and then he went off and did something else, you know. Well, so, he went off and was yeah. a postman for a while, wasn't he? The postman and all sorts of things, yeah. yeah. And, um a food critic and yeah it was really nice but it's um, still knocking about on uh, it's on Now but, TV but Rob's, a, Rob's, a, Rob's a, another person like my friend Steve from college who knows how to be in a pub he knows um, how to make an evening and whenever I do Wolverhampton I always see him in that crowd afterwards in the Weatherspoons opposite the Grand uh, where they have a late where they shut late and I know 
that it's going to be brilliant because he's he's one of those people that's born for pubs and he's got a way of keeping conversation going and allowing everyone to be there at their funniest without ever taking it over. And that is just, well, it's like a compare skill, I suppose. He's yeah, yeah. like, it's not the same as being an act necessarily, but he he compares the, compares the Weatherspoon's table what? and everyone does their, um, what I love does is, their turn. Is as, you, yeah. as you were describing him and that scenario, Stu, you were looking wistfully yeah. up into the corner of the well, screen. God, like it you was know what? times right. past and I'm, well, we I'm will a, get I'm back wistful there, for Wolverhampton Grant because there's about six stops on the tours where I see people that I've got to know who know where there's a late a late drink Oh, we need to get that list off you. I like those old pubs that have got the little booths where you can, that you have to duck under to to get in. Yeah. There's that there's really nice pub in. I can't string words together now. Sorry. No, see, it's crept up it on us. Really it really has. But also, my top lip's gone dry. You had a KFC dry. bucket. You had a KFC bucket. Yeah, of and my top lip's gone dry from the port scratching. So yeah, <laughs> for the lethal combination. I've got my what? I've got my KFC bucket of whiskey oh, and cheese. port scratching. I've got oat no cakes as well. I've got oat cakes as well. <laughs> and cheese. Okay. I paid fifty eight pounds for these. These posh things that aren't oatcakes that look like oatcakes, but you could use as a oh, coaster. Oh, that's ridiculous. They're ridiculous. They're, just, they're, these, they're sort of things you buy at a farmer's market. These, again, are like away. a coaster. And they're fucking expensive. I yeah. don't want that. I just want a cracker for my cheese, thanks. Anyway. Exactly. Stop being, yeah. Stop I've shown them now, so it's time to deductible. Can I just it? say as well, we're going to be playing a clip of your film at the end. Yeah. I love the um the clip when the, the girl who's presenting is kind of singing, but not but someone else's voice. Again, yeah, Samira you know Arbeck I mean? from BBC News. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. And it's a great tune. I've been listening to it this afternoon, like oh, nodding. Yeah, well, I mean, it's sort of, that's sort of where our sense of humour overlaps because they, they've written a song about what would it be like if you made a documentary about this group and the song explains what the group do in a really dry, monotonous <laughs> way. And I, I wonder, I, you know, I'm glad I've repaid whatever debt I had to them because I think I was obviously quite influenced as a kid by... Um, by their sort of sarcastic yeah. uh, attempts to kind of interrogate themselves and um, and the wordplay, and also, you know, there's something about uh, about Birmingham that that it, it, I mean, I I lost my accent. I fought it off when I you haven't I can started hear on the circuit yeah, in '89, yeah, because yeah. I didn't want to like um, be a regional Lord. act, you know. But there's something about about it where people are very self-deprecating and they can be really waspish and sarcastic and no one realises because they they don't sound like they're a cape. They don't sound clever enough to be capable of malice, Bill from Birmingham, so they're kind of forgiven. I think a lot of my sense of humour comes from perhaps things that are in Nightingale's songs from the 80s, so it was nice to put something back. But he is a funny man, isn't he? He's, yeah, he's a funny man. He seems, yeah, he's like the, you know, he seems very comfortable yeah. in his skin. That's what he seems to be. Yeah, well, yeah. I feel very comfortable in my skin right now, but that's because my skin... You've had too many... My skin is is firing on... I don't know what my name is right now, Uh, Stu. I have got booze rouge from the top of my head down to my inner thighs and to my hairy toes. I've gone out. How many of these have you done? How many of these have you oh done? Oh, my God. We, well, we'll put it this way. We're getting dialysis imported yeah. into uh, our uh, Yeah, homes. we found a dialysis machine, sh- 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 machine <laughs> on, eBay. on eBay, which we is 2999 So if you want to so donate we, that so to we've you. So we've got a Patreon. We've got a Patreon. well linked, Lou. We've got a Patreon yeah. page. And yeah. I can't remember the address, but it's Spit or Swallow Podcast. And if you want to support our dialysis machines or the yeah. podcast, for that matter, then you just get on that. 
That'd be yeah. lovely. Oh, 2,999 pounds. That's all we need, isn't it? Yes. That's a great idea. Yeah. Well, you, will well, you the send me the link? and I'll, the- Yeah, well, everything. I'll put it on my um, mail. Oh, oh thanks. We, yes. If we could get one each, that'd be a bargain, wouldn't yeah. it, actually? We'll get you one, Stu, if you want. Ooh. Future-proofing. Well, I, I actually might stop drinking now. What? Not right now. Oh, God. No, don't say that. <laughs> oh, can't be asked no, because, that. right, I'll tell you what, because normally you, I run around on stage for two hours and then I have some alcohol. Mm-hmm. But I've been continuing to drink the alcohol without doing the gigs and it's not so I think it's danger zone right and I also and that's meant I've got fat you can't see because I've covered myself in hair mm. but I have become and, and I've got to start gigging again in the autumn and at the moment I'm too fat to do my act because oh. I look like I should be like a happy fat person mm. <laughs> You do. Like You've jolly... got your little rosy cheeks and your little white beard, and you do. I know yeah. exactly. I look like a bloody no. Christmas elf. Oh, sorry. Yeah. No. So I need to. I need to. Oh. I, I can't do the act that I've written because I look like I wouldn't think those things because I look like a happy, red-faced, silver-haired kind of. Could you um, do a Jethro character, as you tribute say? act? Yeah. Oh, that's a yeah. yeah. So, I've got to sort it out. Yeah. Well, so you're going to give up drinking. Thought, like, oh, I'm really, I feel like I leaving the might meeting. Be, might be the real, the end of it. But I, I, You could cut down on the sugars and the fats no. and maybe do some walks down the canal and get a bit of a spike of adrenaline. That- I'm not going to take uh, health advice off a podcast <laughs> where a woman is eating pork scratching. <laughs> I wasn't doing the pork scratchings. And, no, 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 I'm you just bitten yeah. like, this bit of cheese like it's an apple. And so, cheese, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's nice, though, isn't it? Go for some yeah. late night runs and get your get your Sally, adrenaline going. Let him Meta- do what not, the metabolic rate will fucking fly. Yeah, it's not like a year ago though for Nate, late Nate like running, late night running, atmosphere of Stu, jollity. You there carry was. on drinking, love. Ignore her. She's got this yeah. thing where she likes to do that yoga shit and whatever. I'll I tell you what, you carry on and just give up when you feel like it, love. Cheers. Are you a bit? Uh, I mean, are you all all right? Have you have you um, managed? Have you coped? Look at us! The, Look at the fucking. We've got the best of idea of a podcast in the world, which is tax deductible, and that is basically <laughs> tax is paying for us to drink all the way through it, Stu. We're having a all great right. time. All right. Two more bags of pot scratchings to get through because <laughs> I bought one for you, Sally, and one for you, Stu. So it's the least I can do is to chop my way through those. <laughs> I have, um, I have. There's, um, there's a Franz Kafka short story called The Hunger Artist oh. about people who pay to watch a man starve himself to death. Oh. This is like the opposite yes. of that. People eat pork scratchings mm. and taking pork scratchings and cheese. That's a good oh, combo. Do you know what we need to do? We need to catch. Stew in real life to record this in real life so we can all eat mm. cheese and have port scratchings together before you give up well, drinking. Would you do you that? You know what? Right, when I'm back on the road, I'll make sure that if I'm wherever if I'm ever wherever you are, I've got cheese, port scratchings, Highland Park mm-hmm. and some kind of nice bitter mm. and that we can perhaps restage yeah. this because I feel it's a kind of sad thing in it. It's like it's like a night out but it's happening at arm's length and mm. I want to smell the port scratching. I want to hear the, mm. I want to hear the crunch of it. I want to, to see your teeth shatter and fly. Yeah, go on then, okay. yeah. Piggy. And also, oh, that's a good sound, isn't it? Mm. You know the smell of, um, do you like Marmite? Yeah. 
So it's kind of marmite, but with yeast. Marmosite. Marmosite. It's marmite. Is it like a marmoset? It's mar- it smells of like a marmoset. That's it what it, it is. Yeah. And it's. I, I went in too close. That's and the what hair, marmite's made from. Yeah. The hair, the hair on the port scratching as I went in to sniff it tickled up my nostril and I feel like I'm really experiencing this. That's like kissing a man with a moustache, but the man's made of pork. <gasps> Fuck, I'd love that. You'd love it. I'd you love that. absolutely love I would that, wouldn't you? It. My thing's a vegetarian. When I say thing, thing I mean <laughs> gentleman caller. He's a vegetarian, so he's gone out so I could eat these without being he's judged. Gone, he's left the whole house mm. so he can eat pork scratches. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So we right. need... Do you know when you say you're, we're going to get together and you're going to have this kind of kit in your car... Yeah, every sort of gig English that tapas. you do, Sally yeah. and I will be there. Because we drive, gig. we can just come and meet. We're not going to drive, It'll Sally. Not up to this. No, right. not now. I right. have, um, have my penultimate oh, oh, question. Got, God, I'd forgotten about your question. Oh, yeah. Stuart Lee, hello, welcome, hi, thank you. Um, you've got a spittoon in front of you, mm. right? Imaginary stew. Come on, and it's got all the dregs of whatever in it, right? Whose spittoon would you drink? What, out of us three? No. no. Out of no. anyone? No. Jesus's spittoon. Oh. it would be the least. I'll tell you why, because um, the church decided that although Jesus ingested food, uh, he didn't urinate or um, or excrete. There was no uh, tease so made. That's his spittoon, why. if he had it, no. <laughs> but if he did a spittoon, there'd be it would be like magic vapour in it. So Like this? Right. Like the Highland whiskey? Yeah, like, I, I bloody love the Highland yeah. whiskey. Oh. I know. Do you know what? Do, you know what? do, yeah. do, do, do the companies ever send you free stuff? Well, we're hoping we're going to we get keep onto this. Because, I mean, um, the we, names. Yes. The thing about this is you're probably drinking the 12-year-old like yes, me. Yes, yeah? as told by you. You know what? If you get the 18-year-old, it's a lot more expensive. Yeah, can I hide that? But yeah. I bought it once. Yeah. And it is like you... It's like uh, oh, he's closed his eyes. Angels just touching your tongue. <laughs> is it? And, is it? I mean, it's so amazing. Is it like spreading yeah. butter I, 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 on I, toast? I bought it when I was fifty. I bought it on my fiftieth. Oh, you're. Oh, sorry, Sally. You're fifty this year. We'll get you some. I am. Well, you know what? If if Highland Park had any heart. Sally, mm. they would send you the 18 year old for your 50th. Yeah, thank and you. me, and just because you I'm here. You. Fly, yeah. You're a friend. Yeah, yes. thanks. And Amanda, yeah. producer, she'll come as well. And she, she, and Amanda, yeah. because yes. she's recording yeah. it. Right. But yeah, now, now we've sat here for an hour drinking it. I, I, I feel mm. feelings of goodwill to everyone. So and I, I, yeah. Yeah. Very content. My, I feel I could write a saga. Yes. I could write a saga. My next door neighbour has got a stone circle. I mean, this sounds like I've got a massive garden. I'm in a terrace, but she's got, because it's Bristol, we're hippies. She's got a little stone circle in her garden. I might go and sit in it. What, that she's made herself? Yeah. Does it align with any planetary movement? It will do, definitely. After one more whiskey, it, Sally. It, it, it bloody well will tonight. Yeah, it I'm going to She might even listen. So, to culminate, she, this is this. Oh my God, I can't even say it. I can't even ask the question. <laughs> Is it a spit or a swallow? Well, quite frankly, this it's a swallow. It's always a For swallow. God's sake. It's, a sw- it's of always course a, it's a swallow. What a great! What a great! This is an absolute. The, the, Shall I dip the port scratching in and see what that's on. like? No, yeah. no. Oh. She's gonna. She's gonna. Highland Park whiskey. Yeah, is is the loveliest single malt. Surely we should all get. It a free comes from one there. of the most beautiful places in the world, mm. the Orkneys. The fact the the distillery the factory 
The distillery <laughs> looks like a magic palace. Does it? Oh, I bet. Oh. The, the, the design of it yeah. taps into our ideas of the ancient world and mystery and magic. And after, after an hour of drinking it, Love it. Online with you yeah. down a bloody zoo. Yeah. I, I feel like I feel like I'm in I've gone I feel like we've had the most fantastic it's it's an absolute it's a wonderful thing. And I and I when I'm I, I don't fear old age no. or loneliness because as long as I've got this and a 30 C D box set of Bob Dylan outtakes. I know that oh I'll be all right. God, that's such a and, lovely and way to end this. Do you know what? I, I, oh, no, I yet, agree with that. Not ending. I agree yeah. with that. <laughs> and I've got four more packets of port scratchings to eat. Stuart Lee. I think you are the richest of all yeah. of us tonight. Yep. Yeah. Stole them. Thank you. Thank you, Stu. We're going to hear Thank a bit you. of the film now. This is me Thank being, you for having me. me. It's um, been a present. real emotional lifeline during a period of despair. Well, and we Thank are going to stalk you on every tour show. Stuart Lee. Okay, cheers. Thank you. This is a stone circle that's not part of a bigger scene. You know what I mean? It isn't part of the the uh, Aberdeenshire stone circle scene or the no, Salisbury Plain stone circle. It's like the Nightingales of stone circles. This is the Nightingales of stone circles. <laughs> Mitchell's Bold. It's off on its own. It's an outlier. It's not, you know, part of any um, wider group of alignments. But it's got. It's not without its charm. I mean, it's a fantastic <laughs> landscape to be in. So, uh, um, I'm, I'm looking for the charm, Stu. <laughs> Come on. Look, look at this. This is a brilliant view. So this would have been... We don't know what the point of this is, really. It could have been anything. That probably aligned with some sort of solar planet thing. That you could look there and the sun would come there or the moon would come there or something. But really, it's someone wanting to leave... It's a people wanting to leave a monument to themselves. Is that something you understand? People wanting to be remembered or to show evidence of their work? I know what arrogance is, of course. <laughs> You think this is arrogant? You think this people, is a... People want to be remembered. They want to leave something of themselves. Right. Well, get over it. Spit or Swallow is produced by Amanda Redman. If you want to get in touch with us about what you thought about the drinks that we've tried or recommendations of your own or you feel like sharing your worst drunken story with us, then please do. On Twitter and Insta, we are at Lou and Sally. Facebook and TikTok is Spit or Swallow Podcast or email us at spitorswallowpodcast34, that's the numbers 34, at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed the podcast, then please subscribe and leave us a review because this helps other people find us. And if you want to support the podcast, then go to www.patreon.com forward slash spit or swallow podcast where you can find some bonus content. Thanks to Acast for hosting us, but most of all, thanks to you lot for listening. That's all for now. See you next time. Bye!